Welcome to the Astra Podcast, a podcast where we talk about equality, gender and leadership, discussing ways in which our societies can support women reach for the stars. This Astra project is funded by the EU Erasmus Plus program. I am Julian from Core Platform and today with me for this podcast, I'm very pleased to welcome Ms. Liana de Bono Cremona, Dr. Sabine Ajus Kodrin, founder of Feedem Foundation and SA Consult, legal, commercial, and advisory firm, as well as Noemi Manlio from Engineering, Ingenieria Informatica Spa di Torino. Today's topic is the power of empathy, rational and emotional distress in business. Before proceeding, I would like our guests to introduce themselves for the benefit of our audience. Hi, everyone. So I'm Liana. I'm a mother of two teenagers and one child on the way. Uh, I very recently got married just two days ago, so I'm now a wife. Um, as in my professional life as COPM, I lead the streamlining and the operational optimization within a large group of companies, which is also listed on the New York Stock Exchange. And I'd say I, continue, I continuously challenge operational excellence in any role I've ever had. Um, I otherwise like to keep my professional and personal plate quite full or sometimes overflowing but then I spend my di- my downtime cuddled up with my kids or swimming or hiking in the countryside so that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> Hello hi my name is Noemi Maglio and I work as international global sales at engineering. Engineering is a company which works in the digital transformation area and I have been in global sales uh, I can't remember it's like I think since 10 years and uh, yeah, basically, this is it. Hi, I'm uh, Sabine Ajuska-Bordan. I'm uh, French and Maltese, dual citizenship. Uh, I'm a lawyer by profession, but I'm also a philanthropist. I uh, always believed in helping others from a very young age. Perhaps it was given to me through my mother, grandmother and my great aunt. It was something that's I rekindled in our family, so I was always looking after the less fortunate. Um, throughout my legal career, I was blessed to have met a lot of different um, individuals. And when I saw the opportunity I could have from bringing the money from basically my clients onto the onto the people who are less fortunate, um, I realized that I could, you know, use my network and distribute the wealth, so to say, from uh, one side of, of, of my profession, the legal profession, to the other. I founded Freedom Foundation five years ago. Uh, basically, we educate and empower vulnerable individuals, particularly women and children. This to um, default, you could say, because at first it was open to a whole plethora, to, to male and females, but then we got a lot and a lot of requests from women and girls, vulnerable women and girls, who for one um, particular reason or another were brought up in an abusive relationship at home, uh, either to an intimate relationship with their partner or also um, through their parents or grandparents. And um, these are the service users that are now coming to Feed Them Foundation, where they find uh, a whole range of services. We provide them with Number one, uh, it's educate to empower. Our, our ethos is educate and empower. But we do this through financial financial packages so where people could not be 
uh, could not financially sustain themselves to go and, and learn and have a second chance in life, we help them with, through scholarships and fund their studies. And uh, we also offer them psychological help, emotional help. We have a team of volunteers and we also have a team of um, bona fide legal lawyers who also take care of them from a legal perspective. So we really offer a holistic package to our service users. Going back to today's topic, the power of empathy, rational and emotional distress in business. So what exactly is empathy? According to emotional intelligence author, Daniel Goleman, empathy can be defined as one, understanding the emotional makeup of people. And secondly, treating people accordingly to their emotional reactions. People tuned into their sense of empathy are better at building relationships, trust, and collaborating more efficiently. Henry Ford once said that if there is any great secret of success in life, it lies in the ability to put oneself in the other person's place and to see things from his or her point of view, as well as from one's own. An empathetic leader has the ability to acknowledge that everyone sees the world through different perspectives, without judgment. They are able to relate to openly communicate with their team and understand when they are struggling. In short, an empathetic leader is able to listen to their team and not fix, solve, or dictate, therefore building up their team for success. It is a common misconception that an empathetic female leader is just someone who is really nice. But being empathetic doesn't mean being nice all the time. It is more defined by understanding everyone's feelings. We're all human. We have fears and weaknesses as well as opinions that deserve to be shared. However, successful women show their leadership qualities by understanding without allowing sentiment to disrupt production. According to Forbes, empathy leads to happy employees and happy employees are productive employees. Clearly, having diversity in the workplace, especially strong female leaders who are empathetic, makes business sense. From your experience and perspective, um, what is your view of empathy and empathetic leadership? Are women more empathetic than men and why? Uh yeah, I think I think women are more empathetic than one than men. Uh this is something that I see every day uh at work. Um well, I think that women are very good listener first of all. So when it comes with negotiation, we are really we we always want to get closer to a client to the customer so we really understand uh, what exactly they uh, are their requirements and uh, what are their concerns also. And this is something that some I think sometimes men are trying are are struggling struggling with because um, they are very technical and they use a lot of logic and uh, a lot of um, they are very rational. So when it comes with negotiation, uh, they have numbers, they have margins in their head and it's very difficult for them uh, not to focus on their objectives, but to focus on the person um, they have in front of them. Uh, so dialogue is very important. So yes, I think women are more empathetic <laughs> than men. And uh, but this is this is something that is changing because um, you know men are uh, struggling a lot with this, and now they are trying to be more empathetic. Uh, uh, they are, I think, they are be they they are um, also trained to to be more listener and. 
they are trained to um, as leaders to be um, um, to try to collaborate uh, with the team to try to um, to get closer to the clients and again to try to find a solution a compromise and not always um, a war because sometimes in negotiation uh, it's really hard to to find a compromise and you always end up uh, struggling with a client or struggling with a partner uh, of course this is my opinion yes and in fact in a, in a previous podcast we had um, it came out that at least from certain studies men are so far less collaborative and uh, they try to implement their ideas rather than women who who go out and ask for questions and opinions before they take a decision um and as you said uh, these these are traits that can be learned and men i think are now trying to also understand and learn from it okay so i've had a bit of a mixed bag of experiences um i have had and still have some exceptionally kind understanding and empathetic male leaders as well as peers um, within business But then I've also had, you know, experienced ruthless, conniving, both female and male managers throughout my career. And in that respect, I can't define them as leaders, but rather as simply managers, Um, to which I'm still grateful for them because he taught me what not to do, if you wish, as a leader um, uh, and found that they couldn't extend that empathy very often because of untapped personal or professional insecurities. But I also find where empathy is lacking with an investment in person development, um, empathy is still a skill that can be achieved. And it applies to both men and women who are deeply invested in enhancing their capabilities and skills. Um, However, I'll add that the word empathy in business is still occasionally interpreted as a sign of weakness rather than a strength so it's a choice right so when you're choosing to lead with kindness and understanding this need does not mean that you're not firm when you're required to be it's leading with mutual respect and understanding and trust um and it's mainly catered towards the individual's comprehension needs and abilities because we're all wonderfully different and in terms of collaboration which is something Noemi mentioned before and you as well Together is always better. Um, So as a person, I'm exceptionally empathetic as an individual, and this carries both in my personal and professional life. And I always try and put myself in the other person's shoes to try and interpret their circumstances better. Um, And I've also reached out to other professionals when I needed further understanding of how an individual operated within their sometimes physical or mental limitations. And that as leaders allows us to recalibrate sometimes the immediate expectations provide different training or tools um, and simply guide our teams with further development and often creating a stronger sense of belonging so um, you can be empathetic when you understand the team and the individual's makeup and how each individual's makeup forms and therefore strengthens the team And it's ultimately us as leaders who need to channel both the strengths and the weaknesses. Um, So yes, from my experience, being understanding and showing empathy and leading with empathy has achieved far better results. And Julian, before you mentioned Forbes, it was mentioned that 
that happy employees are productive. Um, from what I've witnessed, again, yes, happy individuals, but they also gain confidence and create loyalty and garner motivation and a desire to achieve. And therefore, individually and as a team, they excel. So to me, yes, the happy individuals ultimately excel. Um, I also believe it's a, it's a way of character as well, because sometimes... Um, certain people are more empathetic, yeah. yes, and it, it, there's there's a, a smaller distinction be- between work and home because they would have that type of empathy uh, throughout. Um, but who who is not empathetic and um, he can learn how to be and recognize it. And obviously, in in today's world with so many options, so many workplaces you can go. Um, if if one doesn't learn how to hone these traits, I mean, um, it's very hard to retain employees and have a good team which is productive. I think men are slowly but surely coming to um, a living a level playing field with with women, and I say this because in the past five to ten years, I've been seeing a paradigm shift in the way men are starting to. Um, how shall we say, recognize their emotions and put their emotions up front. Whereas before a man that would show his emotions would be portrayed or looked upon in a bit of a, how shall we say, uh, a different or, a, you know, a different way. Today, recognizing one's emotions, male and female, um, is, is, is being put up out there. So... Uh, even crying, a man crying before would have been frowned upon, you know, and being bullied and called names. Today we are realizing that, on the contrary, it's absolutely necessary to cry and, you know, show your emotions, whatever, whatever uh, gender, whatever male, female, whatever you are. Um, so, and I think this 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 whole uh, empathy and, and showing of emotions is has come to the forefront. So men today are more willing than before to put themselves out there and acknowledge this reality. Uh, are women still more empathetic than men? Yes, by and large, I am pretty sure out of all my friends and, and network of, of business people and whatever, I would see more empathetic women. There are more empathetic women than men, but I wouldn't say there's this like large disparity. I'm not an expert in that field to be able to say, listen, there are statistics, so I have no statistics behind me to, to sort of corroborate what I'm telling you here. However, from my little nucleus of a life, I do see that, um, yes, women tend to be more empathetic. However, men have come a long way. And today you do see men who tend to be more empathetic and understanding even at work, even as a even in, in, in professional, in a professional uh, setup, you know, with me with my clients and and, you know, anyone who's who's sort of superior and and in, in the job setting, you tr- you're seeing men who are really trying to understand and empathize uh, women as well, okay, men and women, but it's more a thing of man and woman then because to feel what a woman goes through and to feel and understand what a woman employee goes through if you're a male boss, because unfortunately the reality is still there that male are the dominant ones in the, in the managerial posts and we all know it. So um, I think it's very important that today men have acknowledged this, this um, uh, acknowledged and understood the importance of empathizing with female employees and female co-workers.
So yes, there has been a shift. I, I find. Yeah, I, I agree. These are these are traits that can be learned, and uh, um, even in in previous podcasts, it came out that the, the distinction now between men and women it's it's getting reduced more and more uh, because people have recognized that empathy obviously will will. Um, create better job retention and better productivity because the team would be working happier and be more productive after all. Yeah, agree. And the happier the team of people you work with, the the more progress the business, the company, the employer ends up ends up uh, having as results towards attaining their goals, and uh, ultimately it benefits the whole of the workforce. Exactly. Exactly. Um, those are my two cents. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I believe we we all experience that work, or maybe whilst watching a movie, mainly male business executives say things like, "Let's take the emotion out of this," or "There is no place for emotion in business," or even "We need to take a rational decision." The implication in the last example being that rationality operates in the absence of emotion. These comments show an almost complete lack of understanding of what emotions are, their purpose, how they work, and specifically the role they play in decision-making. Any neuroscientist may confirm that rationality actually requires emotion. You can't have rationality unless emotions are involved. They are not two complete separate systems, they are intimately intertwined. Thus, it is impossible to remove emotion from decision-making, even if you wanted to. Business is neither rational nor emotional. It is both rational and emotion at the same time. Emotions are just energy in motion. They are composite psychological signals made up of all the psychological data coming from all different bodily parts. Your heart, your lungs, your gut, your muscles, joints, liver, kidney, etc. Emotions are just data. If we can detect the data, feel the energy in motion, correctly label the data, and most importantly, change the data, then we have developed emotional intelligence, emotional literacy, and emotional self-regulation. The development of such capabilities confers a massive competitive advantage simply because most people, and by people I mean mainly men, are unable to change how they feel on demand. Most leaders lack control of their emotions. Rather, their emotions control them. If you develop the ability to change how you feel, then you get the control back. You have the emotion rather than the emotion having you. Do, do you agree and believe that males have a difficulty in reading emotions, thus possibly giving females a competitive advantage in leadership? And what do you think of emotions as a data set able to be measured and most importantly exploited? I think that men, uh, again, they don't read the signals and their intuition is not as high as women. But yet again, I'm seeing again a, a change in, 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 in the nucleus that I live live in, okay? I, I'm seeing a shift in the way men are trying to sort of um, uh, feel more and and empathize more with with the with the with the female uh, counterparts, and and I think that. Uh, we female do have a step, uh, an advantage in this because 
obviously when we are uh, more intuitive and we have more empathy in other people's emotions and what they are understanding and what's going on between them and and what's happening in their lives private work because at the end of the day we can't disjoin the two you know it's one life like before you were saying about you know the different body parts and this and that yes we have a heart we have lungs but at the end of the day it's one body one soul one mind and even our life is one life Although we distinguish between uh, home and work and then going out at night and uh, socializing, at the end of the day, that is one life we're living. So whatever we take from home, we take to work. What we take from home and work, we take homework to our social life. So we have to see our lives in this one holistic pattern, same as we need to see our bodies as one self. It's not the lung on its own or the heart on its own or the mind or the emotions. No, our body is one. And when anything crumbles within our body, our mind crumbles. Same with the different patterns we go throughout our, our daily lives. So if something is crumbling at home, this is going to reflect even at work. If something's crumbling at work, it's going to reflect at home, whether we like it or not. Now, if we have uh, more empathy around us, and if there are the, whoever, man, woman, whoever it is, is more empathetic towards what a person is going through, even in, in the professional setting, like take, for example, my employees, whenever they have some uh, something wrong and drastic going on at home, some form of trauma, I'm always extremely empathetic. Not because I want them to particularly be more productive at work. No, because number one, yes, I'm an extremely empathetic person. But because they see that I'm empathetic, then they will go that extra mile and try and then accommodate me when it's my turn to be accommodated. So if my employee wakes up and says, I have really bad migraine, I'm the first one to say, don't come to work. Please don't come to work, you know, straight away. No questions asked. It could literally be someone and another employer would go, oh, what a fast, you know, a bit of a migraine, no big deal. But no, if you have a migraine, if it's only an hour and then you're feeling better, I don't want you to come to work. Rest, take your time. Your body is telling you something is not right. If something is not right, you can't come to work. You need to rest. Let your body rest. When you're fine, come to work. A day later, two days later, whatever it is. But that's very important. We need to understand each other. So if I don't understand my employee, my employee is never going to understand me. My employee is only going to bear grudges against me and say, oh my God, what a boss from hell I have. And then who's winning there? No one. I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, agreed. And and obviously, like like you said, when when you give to others, they give back because then if there's work that needs to be done, they don't say it's 5 p.m. I go home, but they stay there until it's done. Exactly. Okay, so... Yes, so I think I have different interpretations of the word emotion, if you wish, at this point. Um, I've definitely witnessed the terms you mentioned. I've also witnessed the term, you're too emotional to make this decision, um, which was said to me directly. And needless to say, though, I resigned the next day <laughs> um, when left in the hands of purely rational male figures, the company did not quite succeed. So definitely, I think you know, having both um, uh, rational and emotion is um, is a, a winning recipe, I would say. So unfortunately, um, uh, the term emotion in business is still used callously and misogynistically, and it's often still used to belittle. Um, however, only being rational ultimately leaves an element of emotional blindness. So the outcome can't possibly be concise. Um, 
I've excelled in situations in which I've been given free reign to roll with my gut instinct, which is something you mentioned before. Um, as long as I proved successful with, if you wish, the rational numbers and the rational <laughs> profitability. Um, then again, I've been brave enough to face my leaders and say, I have a feeling <laughs> to do this, uh, that we will achieve X. But then I've also been interested and told, you have 10 days, try. If you're going to fail, fail fast and learn from the experience. So um, here they go hand in hand. Um, on the point of emotion, though, I would also add it's important for both male and female leaders to regulate emotions as well, um, especially when it comes to sometimes expressing, expressing dismay or anger or concern. Um, in business as leaders, we tend to dictate our team's energy. Um, you, you, you pointed it out in the form of a body, <laughs> but we need to be emotionally very highly responsible. So our teams represent our hearts of the organization and the cogs that need to keep the business running smoothly. So we need to provide both rationale and emotional stability. Um, we don't strive if we're emotionally underwhelmed, but also not if we're emotionally overwhelmed either. So on this topic, I'd conclude by saying our teams need a steady arm to lean on, um, both in terms of emotional support, regulation, um, and also rational reassurance. Yes, um, obviously, this is, we're talking about business. So yes, you understand the person, you, you might understand he's going through a difficult time. But if there's a goal, there's a target that needs to be achieved. I mean, we sit down and discuss how this could be achieved, but but it doesn't mean because he's having a bad day. I mean, we we all, go, we all go to the bar at three, you know. So um, it's more about understanding and trying to find a solution together and and motivate the team to work as a team rather than individually. Noemi, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, I I totally agree. And uh, well, I can provide an example because you know uh, from my experience. So, for example, in sales, emotions are always there. So, like. 50% of the decision making is from emotions. So even if you have the, the particular budget, uh, even if you have a goal, uh, you, even if you are doing, let's say, a B2B, right? So a business to business, you still have emotions. And I can feel the emotion from the client. And this is becoming uh, harder and harder because we work a lot remotely. Uh, so it's really hard to meet the guy, to meet the, the customer, to meet the buyer. So you you need to understand what exactly is his emotion. And emotion is not just something that is told, but also something, you know, that you can see from gestures, from the eyes. And if you don't meet the person, you, you won't have those data. So, yeah, emotion is always there. So we really need to listen to the person, uh, to understand all the concerns and uh, and to create a relationship. This is very important. And I think women, again, are very, very good at creating relationship uh, because, because we're women, because we always do that and we always try to to find a compromise uh, because 
maybe it's a biological fact. Maybe it's a bias because we are trained since since uh, very young to to feel emotions and to discuss emotions so to talk about what we feel and what we we don't want to feel and how the other person is feeling yeah i I totally agree so where it goes to sales especially i have a a small shipping company myself and creating rapport with with the client is the most important thing and there is a mix of emotions so sometimes you manage to to serve the client as he wants to or be beyond his expectations and sometimes you you have issues and difficulties and uh, unless there is that rapport you you will not be able to keep that client and and serve him so yes it's it's ideally if you meet the client then yeah you know it's that's the ideal but we know how we work today we are global so it's impossible to travel all year just to meet a few clients so now even this podcast is between Malta and Italy at the same time you know so it would be impossible for me to travel and come there to speak to you and back to Malta to to have the same podcast so it's making it harder or if not harder different so we have to learn how how we can do that yeah, I totally agree. And uh, yeah, maybe different and harder. Maybe we have tools and we need to utilize those tools. Uh, for instance, at the very beginning, I remember that my clients, they didn't open, you know, the camera. So I was struggling a lot. And, and then I decided to ask just to ask and to ask questions. Okay, do you mind if you if you if you can, you know, open the camera? You know, I, I quite don't really like uh, talking to you if I don't look at you you know so always trying to again to be closer to to the person and not just do please open the camera not just uh, order it and um, yeah so now we we can look at we can look at the camera and it's really different from you know cameras switched off uh not looking in the eyes not looking somebody smiling you know some somebody somebody uh, shaking their heads you know uh, yeah and it's very important it makes makes the whole sensory experience where where you can really uh, drive your argument and uh, your business by understanding if you are on the right track or not by facial expressions mainly yeah i totally agree um, so recently, I have read an article by Harvard Business Review, which states that emotional intelligence is defined as the ability to understand and manage your own emotions, as well as recognize and influence the emotions of those around you. This term was first coined in the 1990s by researchers John Mayer and Peter Salovey, but was later popularized by psychologist Daniel Goleman. Emotional intelligence is the ability to understand, use, and manage your own emotions in positive ways to relieve stress, communicate effectively, empathize with others, overcome challenges, and diffuse conflict. Emotional intelligence helps you build stronger relationships, succeed at work, and achieve both your career and personal goals. It can also help you to connect with your feelings, turn intention into action, and make informed decisions about what matters most to you. Emotional intelligence is commonly defined by four attributes, self-management, 
You're able to control impulsive feelings and behaviors, manage your emotions in healthy ways, take initiative, follow through on commitments and adapt to changing circumstances. Self-awareness, you recognize your own emotions and how they affect your thoughts and behavior. You know your strengths and weaknesses and have self-confidence. Social awareness, you have empathy, you can understand the emotions, need and concern of other people. Pick up emotional cues, feel comfortable socially and recognize the power dynamics in groups or organizations. Relationship management, you know how to develop and maintain good relationships. Communicate clearly, inspire and influence others, work well in a team and manage conflict. Um, so my question is, if one masters emotional intelligence, then he or she can make others think and act the way he needs them in order to achieve his goal. Is this ethically correct? Should we train leaders only to hone emotional intelligence or should we teach this skill to everyone so to avoid manipulation maybe? Okay, so I think we can certainly do more as a community um, in this regard. And a lot of it is tapping into our conscious beings to be more self-aware and socially aware um, to overcome this divide, this gender divide and social misogyny and break any taboos there are in this regard. So yes, I think this can be done through educative years, through practices within schools, um, as well as within the home and families. Um, so yes, I personally like to believe that I'm helping others see the world just a little bit differently and to be conscious of people and their peers and the environment in which we live and work, thrive, um, both individually as teams and as families and ultimately as a community. So yes, I'm a firm believer that we should be open to learning and developing and individually becoming the best versions of ourselves through self-awareness so for me yes um go big or go home <laughs> for me so um yes this should be a collective skill that will ultimately serve us all sometimes especially when we are angry or have a conflict and we say things that we regret afterwards so if we're if we're able to control those emotions and maybe um speak later or think before we speak at least i mean that would be very helpful again what, what concerns me is that certain people can manipulate people and that can be very dangerous yeah yeah um uh, i i agree with what liana was mentioning uh we all should be trained um of course um, but this is something that can always happen. You know, manipulation is something that, especially in 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 big corporates, when you work with middle management, uh, middle management, they tend a lot to manipulate because they have very strong and um, short term objectives. So they need to to reach those objectives and those goals. So. They try to say, yeah, they listen to your to your um, needs, but still they try to manipulate you because they need you and they need your, you know, your task to be done. And sometimes they cannot tell you everything. So they cannot share the real objective of, of the company. Uh, and of course, they need to to bring results 
uh, to the management. So they will always try to manipulate <laughs> employees. So definitely, definitely we need to be trained. We need to uh, understand how we have to behave in a meeting, how we have to ask the right question and how we have to self-control so that we we know the feeling that we have, but still we are behaving in a rational way, okay? And this is very hard. And I think everybody needs to be trained, even C-levels, uh, because I've seen C-levels who are very, very good at managing their emotions and i've seen those who are not <laughs> and um and, and 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 this is something that you you always have to learn uh, it's not just you know one lesson and that's all i think it's something that it's it's like a training on the job and training in life and i think leana knows very well because she has kids and i know that kids <laughs> are really good at manipulating their parents so <laughs> yeah and, but yes, and the, well, on this topic of you wish and also with Julian, I'm I'm very self-aware of different capabilities. And you, you mentioned my kids were absolutely different characters. <laughs> yeah. But I've also learned to, um, you know, when guiding them, and sometimes you have to be a bit more forceful, is to always say at least two nice things and then one that's a little bit firmer. <laughs> Yeah, of course. And, it, and it's always it's always about negotiation as well. So the way you say something, you know, uh, like, hey, listen, you're not going to like what I'm going to tell you, but I have to tell you this, you know, and um, and, and, and of course, again, relationships. So when a relationship is there, you have trust from everybody. And if you have trust, then you can share your opinion. Uh, but still always you need to be, you we always need to be able to to behave you know to, to control yourself and this is very very hard so we need to be trained we need to be supported and i know that in in big corporates and organizations we all have you know old courses we have psychologists we have advisory staff who can help and who can support um not just from the employees from a technical point of view but also from uh, this perspe perspective yes i agree and you are very right on the kids I, I have three myself and they are always testing me if if, if... <laughs> i had to say to yes to everything they ask for just to keep them quiet <laughs> i need another four jobs <laughs> so that's your strength that's the training. So you, you you do your training every day. Number one, firstly, I do not think that emotional intelligence can be thought or rather it can be thought, but it's a work in progress. Emotional intelligence, you are either born with or you are not. I think that is that is to me uh, number. You, you, it's something ingrained in you. Emotional intelligence, as as empathy is, you can you can try and learn, and you can go to uh, various workshops and mindfulness sessions, and maybe some psychotherapist, psychologist, some sort of. Uh, but at the end of the day, emotional intelligence, you're born with it. 
like empathy, you are born with it. There are many people I know who, you know, at the age of 70 have just got wiser and wiser and their emotional intelligence has skyrocketed. And every time I'm surrounded by these people, I feel this huge aura and this beautiful space. And, and this, you know, I'm just happy to be around these people. And then there are the people at the same age of 70 who have tried and failed miserably in trying to become something and learn this emotional intelligence skill. You can call it a skill. Is it a skill? It's a big, it's, I, I think emotional intelligence is something that only very few wise people, it is something I try and practice, but not even I am up there. I have to keep on. It's a work in progress. Um, it is not something easy to, 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 to attain and to have. So, so, uh, and so my answer to the question of, um, uh, should we teach everyone emotional intelligence and, and, you know, will it be, will it be manipulation if leaders have emotional intelligence and the employees have to, I can't really answer that question because to me, it's not about being an employee, an employer, a leader, not a leader. It's more about me, who am, I, who am I and if I have it ingrained within me or not. It is not what status I have. It, it, is, it is my self-fulfillment, my, self, my authentic self, my, my soul, my mind, who, who am I? And can I share this wisdom with other people? You know, because it's, it's a blessing. Emotional intelligence is a blessing. And if you, you are blessed with emotional intelligence and you can share that emotional intelligence day in, day out, day in, day out with your peers, with your friends, with your, then that will have this ripple effect and will be able to share this wealth. But it is not something that can be learned overnight and it is not something that everyone is blessed to have. And, um, uh, and dare I say, a very, very, very few people have emotional intelligence. Uh, if I may, um, I, I, I do agree with you. And, and I also believe that if someone takes the interest to understand others, I mean, he's not into manipulating people because manipulators usually are very self-centered. Control. And if you are if you're empathetic, if you are emotionally intelligent, the last thing you want to do is control others. Yeah. Yeah. Ladies, thank you very much. This was very interesting. Um, would you have any final comments, any motivational thoughts for our audience? Okay, so so yeah, I'd say like let's conquer um the gender divide and even the playing field. Um to empower women, keep breaking those glass ceilings and find a way to navigate this workforce together. Um, and in doing so, you know, let's build this collective creative energy and build a better tomorrow for our future leaders. Um, yeah, um, and what I would add, uh, what I would say to all the young, young ladies who are trying to create their careers and um, create their path in a professional uh, in a professional world, I would tell them, don't try to look like a man, don't try to do as men do, uh, because we have our own way. Uh, we have uh, we have our um, we, we are different. So, and we, we have our leadership. Okay. We always talk about, we, we always talk about leadership. So we have our, our leadership and it's a successful one. And there's also another way of doing, uh, tasks and jobs, uh, and it's our way. So don't be scared of doing in a different way. Mm, 
my final thoughts if you're going to be I mean just be who you are carry on believe in what you what you do believe in yourself always be authentic never try and be a put on going it's linked to emotional intelligence you know I mean don't try and be anything you are you you are not and don't try and follow other people's path you have your own path always look straight ahead just run just go for it don't look left don't look right I always <laughs> whenever I feel like I'm, I'm I'm slipping sometimes in life whatever it is career family I always say okay what's what's my goal at the end of the day what am I trying to achieve so I refocus put myself there and I'm always I, in my mind I, I just look at myself I'm in like a relay race you know with all those lines and there are like five six different runners next to you and I say okay sub don't look left don't look right because you're going to fall you're going to cross lane and end up falling and stumbling on just always look at the end at the goal at, at your mission stick to your mission stick to your path don't you know uh, be uh, fooled or amazed or put down or let down by anything and anyone and just follow your path the path that you are set out to achieve because if you set out to achieve something i think you can put all your might in it and at the end of the day get there thank you for listening to the astra podcast follow and leave us your comments on our linkedin and facebook pages ciao